I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 2.50 is the time here in the... KSL Newsroom. Final segment of today's episode, our penultimate episode before we say goodbye to 2020 and usher in very eagerly 2021. Looking forward to putting this year 2020 behind us. We've learned a lot, sure. I shared some of my thoughts on what I have observed over this past year, a few little life lessons I've learned and would invite you to go back and listen to that. I also shared some of the text messages that came in expanding this conversation a bit. Download the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. On there, you're going to find a lot. You're going to find uh, some of the coverage in our year in review. We, during today's program, looked back on that earthquake and the windstorm. It was Natural Disaster Day here on, on Live Mike on Lee's program. Well, you can hear the stories of people who were directly impacted by that and, and, I think the very uplifting messages of community and coming togetherness and how when there was trouble knocking on the door of one, it was all who showed up to help. It's a, it's a very good thing. And it's part of uh, the long list of lessons that I learned this year. So go back uh, via the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. Have a listen if you missed some of the earlier segments of today's program and, uh, and, and honestly any program that airs here on KSL News Radio. If you miss it when it airs live, it's always available to you at the KSL News Radio app. Today, there was a press briefing of sorts hosted by Rich Lakin, Utah Department of Health Immunization Program Manager. The Department of Health provided uh, a brief progress update on Utah's COVID-19 vaccination program. We'll get to uh, what Dr. Lakin had to say in a moment, but uh, let me address something here real quickly because I have been troubled uh, lately by by some of the vaccine numbers. Uh, Troubled by, well, how many doses uh, have been shipped here to Utah and how many vaccines have been administered. I can give you those two numbers. I've got them right here from the state. 125,000 doses have been shipped. 125,000 and less than 20% of them have been thus far administered. 23,970 vaccines administered uh, here across the state. Now, why was that troubling? Well, because it seems like if you've got 125,000 doses, and we've had them now for going on two weeks, right, uh, there ought to be uh, a few more arms marching around Utah with the vaccine and the immunity pumping through their veins. And that's not yet the case, 23,970 Now, that understanding could be true unless you understand exactly how the state defines shipped. Let me read to you uh, the definition of doses shipped. 
This is the category uh, in which there are right now 125,000 doses. It reads, the number of vaccine doses the Utah Department of Health ordered from the federal government that were approved and shipped. These numbers show the health jurisdiction where the healthcare facility getting the doses of vaccine is located. This includes all the hospitals, healthcare facilities, local health departments, pharmacies, etc., in all of the counties within the local health jurisdiction. So the second half of that isn't helpful. The first half is where uh, it is... Uh, where we find something important, and that is that 125,000 number, that is how many have been ordered and sent from the federal government. Now, it's not as simple as ordering something which qualifies for Amazon Prime for next-day free delivery. It takes a little bit of time. And here, uh, Dr. Lakin talked about how federal-level delays would impact the vaccine rollout here in Utah. Because we have less vaccine, it, it, it is pushing the timeline back a little bit. Um, for example, local health departments have started with healthcare workers, okay, non-hospital healthcare workers. Um, our federal pharmacy partnership, Walgreens, CVS, and, and Community Nursing Services, they're vaccinating. That vaccine has to come from somewhere, and that comes from our allocation. So as we, as we allocate this vaccine, we cannot allocate it all to one organization because then that leaves another organization out um, of, of vaccine. So we have to ensure that we kind of uh, spread the vaccine out in a way in which we know that our partners can vaccinate as, as quickly as possible. That satisfies me. I, I'm OK with that. I'm not going to get up in arms. I'm not going to complain about this organization or that organization or uh, this place or that place due to uh, delays. I am confident in those who are involved in the supply chain and in the uh, and in the whole process of delivering it from the manufacturing plant uh, into the arms of Utahns. And as you heard Dr. Lakin say, we are uh, going to likely, due to these delays, be a little bit behind. But we'll get there. I'm confident of that. No reason to, to get worked up right now. Now, that's not to say that I am blindly putting my trust in, in those that are handling this. I just have thus far not yet seen something that rises to the level of, uh, you know, bringing me to call on you to get the pitchfork out and march down to wherever they've got the thing stored and inject ourselves. No, no, no. We are not there uh, by any means. And we're not going to get there either, right? 2021. <laughs> that's, the, that's the good year. And it's on the horizon. Uh, Lakin, Dr. Lakin, Utah Department of Health Immunization Program Manager, uh, he continued during his remarks delivered today, and he talked uh, about the second dose and how the, the second dose could possibly be impacted by these delays and the pushback of timelines. This was during a reporter question and answer period. Uh, he, he explained the potential impact of the second dose uh, this way. Remember, before I play that, remember the the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, which are both here in Utah now. Uh, the Pfizer vaccine is a two-dose deal uh, with 21 days between the first and second dose, plus a few uh, days, I think seven, to uh, to settle into maximum efficacy. And then uh, the other vaccine, Moderna, 28 days between the first and second dose with a, a comparable amount of time following the second vaccine for uh, full efficacy to take place. What do these uh, slight delays mean for the distribution of uh, the the two doses uh, which are needed in both of the versions of the vaccine currently? I can tell you that as we get into the response deeper and we have more in first and second doses um, within, that doubles the efforts um, in order to ensure that we get that vaccine um, into the arms 
but uh, it, I, I don't believe that it should be that large of an impact, especially on the capability of local health departments to vaccinate at a rate that they can. Yeah, that wasn't a full-throated don't worry, but uh, he says he's not anticipating too much of a worry. All right, uh, so take that uh, how you will. Hopefully, hopefully the whatever backlog here is uh, caught up and we're okay there. Uh, last Last comment to come from Dr. Lakin I have here to share with you. Again, Rich Lakin, Utah Department of Health Immunization Program Manager, discussing uh, today during a brief progress update how things are looking on the Utah COVID-19 vaccination front here. He assures Utah that any concerns uh, might be, or rather he, he reassures Utah about any concerns they might have about the process of receiving the vaccine. I think the tentative timeline is, is pretty close. Again, I, I can only make an assumption on on exactly what that tentative timeline will be based on the amount of vaccine we have and how quickly those those populations are vaccinated. If we have a high uptake of populations that want to be vaccinated, those are then as compared to maybe only 50% that would receive it. Well, then we move to the next priority group and we continue to vaccinate it as quickly as possible. That's the key. Um, so we really just want to ensure that we get the vaccine out as quickly as possible and ensure that everybody that would like to receive it can receive it. There you have it. Uh, last word on the vaccines for the day. Uh, it's time for me just about to say goodbye for the day. Uh, let me ask you this, though, before I go, uh, shifting gears here in the last minute or so of today's program. Uh, check your bank account today. I have been getting word from folks all around the country that there is a $600 surprise in there. Uh, and depending on your politics, you might think that's warranted or not. But regardless, if you're a qualifying American, you are on the receiving end of $600 in relief funds or stimulus money or rescue money, however you want to term it. Uh, it is likely in your account now or at least pretty soon uh, ready for you to spend and stimulate this economy. Uh, 57500. Let me know if you got it thus far. Tomorrow, you and me back here, 1230, last show of the year. Be ready. It's going to be a good one. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Next up, Grant Nielsen filling in for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.